UFC this Friday and Saturday knocking out smashes, uh, which I just found out is the Australian title for the Ultimate Fighter, and also the FX Friday night unbelievably pretty boring finale for the Ultimate Fighter. That means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm here with Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. Holy shit. So we've got to catch you guys up. We're catching the tail end of the weigh-ins right now uh, for the Smashes weigh-ins. Uh, since yeah, there's two sets our, of fights that are happening this weekend, right? Yes, there are two sets. We were able to just verify that. Excellent. I actually, until this moment, Raf just told me this was Australia's version of the Ultimate Fighter. I thought it was just a, a weird fight card. I think it's I hysterical that they refer me. to it as the Smashes. I agree. I wanted is I don't know if that's like some sort of uh, do they always do that or do they there are some weird flag underwear at this way in too <laughs> an excessive amount of weird country we will fill you in there have been some odd uh, odd underwear choices there have been some odd tattoo choices and yeah. uh, even uh, some odd kind of uh, snippets that pop up uh, Karen Bryant and uh, Chael Sonnen have just popped up. To tell us interesting facts about the fighters to like try and make us more aware of them here in America. Yeah. Chael keeps popping up and talking about everybody like it's John Jones. This <laughs> next person is the best person you've never heard of. It's like we get it, Chael. We get it. They said pep it up. We tone it down a notch. No one knows who the F is on this fight card. Which we're gonna talk about the next uh, few days worth of fights. We're gonna talk about something like the more important fights. Uh, and try and prove continuously our motto, fighting is in fact easier from outside the cage. You ready to talk fights and fight news? Always. Sotteropoulos versus Pearson, and Pearson's nickname is The Real Deal, which is a real deal nickname. That's a (laughs) very serious nickname. You can't be half-hearted if your nickname is The Real Deal. (laughs) Uh, I guess you could. It it makes it sound like it's uh, an advertisement for KFC, though. (laughs) <laughs> that's they have a deal box don't they I think it's they like do. the real yeah I, I think he could just cut it out and just make it the deal yeah the real deal Ooh. is too long to be a nickname first of all i like the Second deal as a all, nickname yeah i, I like just the deal because that's kind of ambiguous you don't really know exactly what that means Sotteropoulos does not have a nickname no do but after one, if you've seen him one time, I have an idea for one. Look at his UFC fight card picture. I think his nickname should be Sternum. Mm, mm, bold George choice. Sternum Sotteropoulos. How long did it take it's you to come up with that? Seconds. I saw his Sternum and got terrified. I remember watching when he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. It was uh, It was actually a really fun season. That was when Matt Sarah and Matt Hughes hosted. Mm-hmm. That is right. That was a really good, uh, fun season because Hughes had been disrespecting Sarah's belt, and Sarah is just, you know, he's loud. He's got to talk about what he's going to talk about. He's, ah. Is that the season wow. when Matt Hughes also went up and was giving people Bibles? That sounds right. I mean, that sounds like something you would do. God, I see, I'm seeing the weigh in highlights right now come across the screen, which I'm assuming they're about to do Sotteropolis. Yes. And he has just got one mean sternum. Yeah. There's probably a move where he could just cover someone's face with a sternum, boom, nickname sticks, and now it also doesn't sound so obtuse. Well, you know how, like, everybody specializes in one or two things? Wouldn't it be great if he did uh, nothing but seminars on sternum control? That would be great. That would really help the nickname. Trademark. 
Hey, a lot of jujitsu and grinding games. A lot about chest. So is uh, so is all that stuff. So, so can we get Ooh, straight Benson to addressing the biggest up. problem with the smashes fights? Yes. What is it? What's your What's the biggest problem in your? Who in your are eyes? these people? No shit. Right? Who? Yeah, never. Heard of, I didn't know who Pearson was. I feel like uh, that's somebody I should have probably. At least I knew who Sateropoulos was. I, I had to take a break for a minute. What, did your voice just crack right there? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm halfway through a martini. Maybe by the time I'm all the way through, I'll stop. Oh, we get it. You guys are all from Australia. Stop <laughs> draping yourselves in the flag. <laughs> for people that can't see it, watch the way it's. Just fast forward it. You're going to see more Australian flag than you know what to do with. And they're done. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just really weird. Like, even in watching all of this, uh, this stuff that they've got on here, I have no clear idea who any of these people are, which makes it very hard, uh, to become attached to any part of the fight going into it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. If ever our nickname strategy were more important, this is the one. But even most of these guys don't have nicknames. No. Because no one's heard of them. Which, I think, are you, anything you have to say about this fight, Sotteropoulos versus Pearson? Um... Not at the moment. Uh, I, I'm like you. I was a fan of uh, Sarapolis on uh, The Ultimate Fighter. I thought he was fine on there. The, I think the biggest problem for me is I think this illuminates what is both great and frustrating about the UFC right now is that we do have a saturation in terms of fans uh, getting so many events that it is hard to keep up with them. Uh, on the yeah. other hand, I do appreciate that for the fighters, this is a great set of opportunities for them to kind of make names for themselves. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that as a, just sort of meta about the sport. Right now, MMA coverage and MMA things have not quite caught up to the demand. Mm-mm. So it seems like there's there's just so much demand and the supply is kind of skewed and a little bit all over the place. Because I was looking at ESPN's mixed martial arts website and web coverage, which is actually getting better. Yeah. And uh, their website is already easier to use and easier to interface with. Maybe just because I'm used to it, but mm-hmm. it feels like uh, the UFC really needs to stop and and strategize if they're going to keep growing like this. Because I agree with you. They just seem ripe for some sort of competition to really come screaming at them if it's done efficiently and effectively. Because they're just all over the place right now. And honestly, I don't really think the blame's on the fighters. Uh, the fighters are paid to get out there put on great fights uh, or, you know, maybe if, if you extrapolate it to maybe promoting themselves, maybe that's where they're at fault. But I really think there's a disconnect in the way the UFC is promoting these things just because it doesn't feel unique into itself. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And continuing in this, um, let's move past the Sotteropoulos Pearson fight into the next one. The, Ultimate Fighter, those of you that have been watching here in the United States, our version, Roy Big Country Nelson was scheduled to uh, face Shane Carwin. I was really looking forward to that fight because the show made me like Carwin a lot more. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, I like Roy Nelson, but he should never be allowed ever in his life to coach young fighters. (laughs) He's really bad at it. He's just the worst. His team, for the first time in any season I've ever watched, they had like multiple coaches meetings where they were trying to explain that they were like, there are things we want to change and we don't like the focus. And Big Country's response was always just like, that's on you. 
you got to figure <laughs> it out. And it was always like, um, okay, nice job. And he's so huge. No one wants to argue no, with him. No, no. <laughs> These are a bunch of 170ers. They're not, they're not stupid. I will say. So we have. Uh, and, uh, we should be very uh, forthcoming with our audience on this. Uh, I watched maybe about three episodes of The Ultimate Fighter. And then I, I just stopped. It's pretty boring. And, I, I watched the whole season, and I did it through DVR. Well, yeah. you and I, we'll get to this later, but they're switching the night also. They're taking it from Fridays to Tuesdays. Game changer. Yeah. That's a game changer. No one's ever watching live on Fridays. And this is one of those shows on DVR, at least with my connection, where I can't fast forward or move through things. Yeah. So I have to watch all the BS van rides, all the BS <laughs> setup. All the stupid arguments these 22-year-olds are having as they get drunk in their Vegas house and complain about how they miss their families even though they're only gone for six weeks. Six weeks. It's like that's not even a semester, guys. (laughs) I think you can stomach it for six weeks to get a chance to propel your lives. I always get super pissed when they're like, I just miss my family. I just don't know. How many of you were living with your family and seeing them night in and night out when you took this month and a half long break? It's like, that's a great vacation. It's almost like, did this never come up in a discussion? That they would be gone (laughs) for six weeks. They would be without their families. Yeah. We don't have phones. Like we don't have six weeks. You never see in survivor. Normally, it's about the game and, like, scheming. It's never like, it's been 26 days since I've seen my family. <laughs> but and can I we, can't stomach Can we also it. really get into that, that idea of the Ultimate Fighter? I think my biggest problem with it is, is it's reached, and it, you can argue this a couple seasons ago, but it reached its plateau where it's hitting the exact same notes in every episode. And I think most yeah. people are here to see the fights. And I thought it was interesting to try and do the live fights uh, on a Friday night. But again, it's a Friday night. No one cares. Nobody's no going to be there for a Friday, Friday night. Because the fights aren't good. The fights aren't. They're, most of them are not good. And I, I actually, the part that always pisses me off is I love seeing the training. Mm-hmm. I love it when they show like them on the mats and the drills they're working and the different things. I think they'd have a ton more success if they actually stopped. Uh, Dana, we know you're listening. We just want to say thank you again. Stop, you can stop tweeting. You're the one person that can stop giving us all the feedback about how much you love the show. We get it. Thank you, Mr. White. So if he would just make it about instruction... Like, show us why they're doing that drill. Don't just show us Forrest Griffin acting like a jackass and a professional for two minutes on and two minutes off. Show us why Carwin or Nelson brought him in. And just give us a little bit more strategy. Because that's what I feel like if you watch The Ultimate Fighter, chances are you aren't looking for the drama of a reality TV show. You want to see fighting and you want to see things that go with it. And isn't that the most frustrating part of it is that when you can't tell the difference between watching the ultimate fighter in the real world isn't it scary oh god yeah it is and you're the way they get drunk and just get into immature arguments in the house is very real world like it's it's, very real world it's without fail they always get drunk and then oh somebody always tries for an arm bar on fucking cement like i it's the most terrifying thing in the world to me when somebody's like in that fight situation, you get the jiu-jitsu guy who's going for an arm bar for the person who's just going to drop them on their head on cement. And for those that haven't fought on cement, I have. Cement always wins. Like, cement never loses. 
How many you times have you fought Uncement? Two. Why did you do that? Alcohol-related incidents, <laughs> Alcohol of course. <laughs> Once, you'll like this, I was actually a, a GTA at the time. I was in grad school, and uh, we were coming back from like our big Christmas party when we were coming back for the big tournament. It's like, think about it like the week before fight prep for to make a, a speech metaphor for fighting, which almost doesn't exist. And I had some students getting a little lippy about uh, my ground game. They were like, oh, whatever, this, uh, this is like karate for adults. And um, I was just into combatives at the time, so I knew enough to take care of the speech and theater kids challenging me in my graduate assistantship. <laughs> so we got into it uh, pretty drunk right there on the concrete grass half and half yard we have out here in D.C., um, I did submit all three opponents. That's worth noting. Um, but I left, I'd say about half a quart of blood on the, uh, thing when I split my elbow pretty much wide open. So who do you blame for this? my students. Oh, myself. Okay. And wine. Because there's part of me that's like, hey, maybe they deserved it. But then the other part's like, nice responsible coaching while choking your students out on concrete in the middle of winter. So what's the takeaway... To people who are listening to this as mixed martial arts fans. That if I had a dream, it would be that no one ever fights on concrete. That's it. Don't fight on concrete, kids. If you're listening to this and you have a dream... Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, no, I'm saying, like, my dream... I went and saw the the MLK Memorial last night, so I'm into proclaiming things I have a dream about. And my one tonight is that people don't fight on concrete. Though that would make our next fight more interesting, Colton Smith versus Mike Ricci. You haven't watched the show at all? Colton Smith is, um, he got people off to a bad start because he went to do the uh, bump fists at the beginning, you know? Yep, I remember that guy. Yes, and he shot in. Well, he's gotten better since. He's an army ranger. Yeah. uh, And never stops talking about fighting for the troops, which is great. It's just all he ever talks about, so we don't even get to know him. We just know... He thinks fighting is easy. His job's <laughs> easy, you know, in Afghanistan. It's hard. He just always is he screaming that at the top of his lungs. I do remember so great, but... that moment when, like, all of the coaches, including Dana, when he did do that, that fake out, just shake their head. Yeah. And I actually found it really funny. Ag- agreed. I, I thought he was douchebaggy for that, but I found myself at home being like, how dare you disrespect this sport? Yeah, I was pissed. I really was. Because it was like, are you kidding? Just don't do it then, right? Don't use it as, don't deliberately engage in it. And then use the really honorable fist bump as like a, a, the touch gloves. As, I, I thought it was Exactly. Really if you're in shape and, and are a fighter, that is not allowed. If you and are, he's clearly talented. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It and just it sucks. But if you were me, completely open. Completely yeah. allowed uh, because I, I have no dignity uh, when I go to roll. I'll, I'll cheat. <laughs> See, I have no problem with that. Now, that said, is it safe to say that you and Colton Smith have slightly different talent and skill set levels to where you might use that advantage? And it doesn't, you're not about to Anderson Silva someone versus Colton who uses it. He's obviously a professional fighter. So you're saying it's about like your ability? Exactly. You're feeling unconfident as a man and as a fighter? Well, okay, okay. No, that sounds like a yes. No, we get it, Raph. Hold on, and here's maybe the we thing. can turn the next All 15 I'm saying minutes is, and just pepping you up. We'll if you're me, it, it's very helpful 
because it puts us maybe on a little bit more even ground. All I'm saying. No, I'm with you. This is it's kind of like how, you know, you always think about like sliding a few extra pennies in your glove. Uh, you know, when you and I eventually have our 2z2 fight with Nate and Nick Diaz, of course, who have just been asking for it, frankly. Uh, Which by the way, who are you use... taking in this fight? Um I I think I choose Nick actually. So you take Nick and I get Nate. He is bigger. Yeah, Nick is bigger. Okay. Nick's the bigger of the two. I'm the bigger of the, us two. Here's the thing, and I, I want to put this out to our listeners. How do, how would we beat them in that situation? I, yeah, I'm putting this on them. Help. Give us advice and let yeah, us know how we win. We're going to need ideas uh, Clearly. to take down the Diaz brothers. <laughs> but I like our chances. I feel like we're only like minus 135 <laughs> in the Vegas line. <laughs> so... Colton Smith is a pounder. Mike Ricci is still trying to figure out. His nickname is The Martian. How do you feel about The Martian as a nickname? Uh, I think it's an awful nickname, unless his first name is Marvin. It's not. Then boo. And I, I agree with you. I, the only redeeming... I hadn't thought about that. I just hated the nickname. He's a weird kind of guy. He's very soft-spoken. They called him the accountant on The Ultimate Fighter just because he didn't look like a fighter. Next fight, I think this one's going to be interesting. Melvin, young assassin, Gilliard versus Jamie Varner, who doesn't have a nickname and needs one. Uh, not much to say about the fight. I'm just excited about the matchup. Agreed. Uh, you know, Dustin, I'll say this. I had the chance to speak with uh, Melvin uh, a few oh, months really? ago. Yeah. I uh, did cool an guy. article uh, for Studio MMA. Plug. Plugsies. Cool and uh, very nice. Uh, very, very... Uh, refocused, I, I think, in his life. I, I mean, you can say that, although he found himself on the receiving end of a knockout in the last fight. But That happens in this sport from time to time. Of course, but not after. everybody uh, just has a fight where they're going to get knocked out by Donald Cerrone. But, I mean, he's he's a good guy. I don't know. I, I would like to see a return to form for him just based on that. Yeah, I like his nickname. The Young Assassin. Yeah. It's long, but it's good. It's worth it. Kicks you at the end. Next fight, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. I like the Diamond. Yeah. That's a great. Uh, versus Jonathan Brooks. That'll be a good fight, too. So just keep an eye out. Some some okay fights. Uh, we have the chance to, to see some good ones, and they're all free, so why not? You know? Yeah. I, I will say this. Does anybody have Fuel TV? What is Fuel TV? Fuel is TV is thing? where the preliminary card goes. Uh, maybe they just made that up. Maybe they're just going to play it on a giant jug <laughs> of fuel. I think the funniest part about Fuel clever. TV is I don't personally have it, and Dana always like tweets out, it's like, contact your local provider and tell them. I'm not going to do that. You know what I do <laughs> do, though? I go to uh, Fox Deportes, and I'll watch it in Spanish. And Why? I will tell you, there is no better experience than watching fights on Fox Deportes. <laughs> I'm going to have to take your word for it. Especially when Fox Deportes. You're, you're a little rusty at Spanish. Yeah. And uh, you pick up every fifth word. And if you're watching with people who don't know what Spanish is, you can tell them any story you want. And they'll just believe you. They will. Oh, that's good. I, I took a lot of Spanish in college. Yeah. Which is to say I can't speak it, but people might believe I did because I have how many years I had to force it down. What is the best sentence you can string together in Spanish right now? 
Me llamo Kevin. This is so embarrassing. How many years did you take? Shut up. Four. So many. Um, Donde Style Baño was an important one in Cancun. You are embarrassing the caliber of our listener right now. I'm embarrassing everyone. So let's move past the uh, Smash's Ultimate Fighter card. Let's get around to some news. There's some good stuff going on. Hey, Raph, are you doing this podcast tonight with a toothpick in your mouth? Uh, No, I'm not. Why do you ask? Why not? Oh, just because I've heard people are doing everything with a toothpick in their mouth, including defending the light heavier lightweight title. Uh, Benson Henderson had a toothpick in his mouth. Can you elaborate? You said he and Dana, like uh, Dana got a little piffy. Uh, I don't know that part of it. I just know, I thought... Rogan was joking. It wasn't until you followed up with me a few days later that I was like, oh, wait, that was real? That was happening? I knew the moment when he ducked Joe Rogan's question. There was something more to the story. And I think that's where the... uh, (laughs) This is where the MMA journalist really, really shines. Not on news, but on did he fight with a toothpick in his mouth? And yeah. uh, now there's a it's, – it's like toothpick gate. There's conspiracy theories. Uh, the best form of evidence is after one round, you could see him with a toothpick in his mouth walking out. And I think what he was alluding to later in the night was he was saying that he does fight with it. And I think we discerned it might be in his mouth guard. How – the F is that possible? Uh, is dude, there like I a compartment know. for it? First of all, I'm not crazy. So I, I don't well, get that. Yeah, he also had a weird smile on his face when he was asked. He's like, no, 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 that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, are you, is that, uh, first of all, if that's the edgiest thing about you, you need to go get laid. You need to go get drunk in Vegas immediately and do something you will regret for the rest of your life. Because if having a toothpick in your mouth guard is something you consider crazy, uh, I just think it's stupid. I don't know if there's even a crazy element to it. Why? What's the upside? He just I really mean, loves having you're, a toothpick. You're getting right to the point. What I'm wondering is, what's the point of it? Like, what's the joke? <laughs> I'm a funny guy. I enjoy a good joke. What's the punchline there? I, I, I'm with you. I, if it was confusing. I just, maybe he's trying to have his edge, but I think he's just uh, going to get made fun of a lot. Do you mind if, we're I, doing right now. if I take a moment just to address this? No, go ahead. Okay. Benson, let me just give you... Yeah, talk to him directly. He's listening. Come on. Of course he is. Benson, look, great fighter. I regained so much respect for you after this weekend, but I have one major problem. There is only one person in sports entertainment that is allowed to have a toothpick in their mouth. And his name was Razor Ramon. You may not remember Razor Ramon. He was a mediocre character in the WWF, formerly WWE. But he walked around because he oozed machismo. And that's why he needed that toothpick. That was his his Achilles heel, if you would. When he lost it, he had no power. You are not a fake wrestler. You are a human being in a legitimate fighting sport where you could possibly choke on that. And I get it. It's hysterical. Oh, man, you could choke and that would show everybody, right? (laughs) Oh, that'd be hysterical. Oh, yeah, because all these lames fighting without toothpicks in their mouths. No, the commission is going to get 
all up in this because it's unsafe. I'm I, I just there's no point to it. I don't understand it. And you know what? I will say this right now. I demand an answer. I want to know why he does it. I want <laughs> to hear the logical explanation as to why he needs to grab a toothpick that he got from going to Tony Roma's one night and said, I'm going to keep this in my mouth uh, for the whole day. <laughs> Maybe someone gave him a large sum of money to do it. No, I'm with you, and we might have to make that a regular segment where you just belittle someone's choices uh, from the fight guard. I like that I'm idea. I'm very good at it. I don't mind putting it out there. And I think, you know, now it's crossed over to being an issue, and it upsets me. <laughs> You're officially... Wow, I thought... I wasn't sure how worked up you'd get, but it's nice to see you this on fire about it. Turns out toothpicks is the thing that really gets wrapped up. Sometimes... It will take me to the other side. And if you're really looking for something sad, and why not? You should actually watch uh, Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall. He had a 30 for 30 on ESPN. It's really sad. Oh, we'll yeah. have to get to it. I'm on the Netflix. I'll start rolling through the 30 for 30 series. They're quite good. Tuesdays, we already mentioned this, but Booner Bane moving the Ultimate Fighter from Fridays to Tuesdays with John Jones and Shale Sonnen as the coaches. I'm can going you... Major Boone. Okay, good. And can you also explain where did you get Booner Bane from? Craig Brown, my speech coach. It's of course. An old term for economics, meaning, hey, is this good or bad? Boone <laughs> is great, Bane is bad. It Which sounds... I think if you're Dark Knight Rising it, you can just use the, well, yeah, obviously Bane is not a good thing. No. It so sounds like something, like a leftover part of a script from the Dukes of Hazard. Hey there, Raph, Boone Bane to this whole UFC moving to Tuesday thing. Please stop doing yeah. an accent immediately. No problem. GSP will... <laughs> Diaz, they are, it's on the books now. They're going to fight. Diaz's suspension's lifted in February, so I'm assuming it's going to happen after that. I thought I'm going to stop you. No. We're going to address your question because it was a legitimate question before you added Booner Bane. We're very happy the Ultimate Fighters are going to be on Tuesdays. The reason being, it's good for the sport. I think it puts it on at a notable time. They were actually proving that uh, Sons of Anarchy was beating network television at that point. Oh, wow. So that's on the same network that the Ultimate Fighter is on. So I think it's in a very visible spot. Uh, hopefully, and it won't have the same appeal as something uh, as scripted as that, but I think it's a great thing to put it on a visible night where people aren't just leaving and then maybe watching on their DVR. All I'm saying. Go on. I agree. I agree. GSP Diaz. Is that going to be an embarrassing fight? Is GSP going to manhandle him? Feels like he is. I don't know. Uh, when was the last time you saw Nick Diaz fight and you thought, yeah, that guy's going places? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, I think that with GSP, it's another kind of uh, filler match that I, I'm not ecstatic about it, but I guess I, I want to see it is my response. Why not? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I just like watching. I just want to see Nick Diaz get beaten up a lot same weight class different fight mcdonald gets his after fight wish condit says he's in who's gonna win that fight uh i hope condit wins you're okay you're on board with my boy condit yeah yeah of course 
Just because of Rory's outburst, mostly? Well, or? it's not even an outburst. It was just Rory's attempt to be intimidating and strike fear into the heart of Carlos Condit by staring directly into the camera. <laughs> so much so it prompted, if you didn't listen to the last one, Rav's girlfriend, who's wonderfully smart, uh, mostly into fighting, to lean over and say, does he know this isn't pro wrestling? Which I think is still a great comic. It's like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone has officially told him you're not supposed to do this. It's the neck turn so, that's the most amazing. It's just... I'm not going to move my body to address the camera. I'm just going to move my neck to address the camera in front of me and talk shit about this guy who I want to beat into a pole. (laughs) And let him know I'm back. I'm better than ever. (laughs) He's back. He took three rounds of a retiree all the way. He is ready to fight for... uh, Interim of an ex interim title. Could you imagine That's how like McDonald you... gets crazy? I'm with uh, Carlos. If you need anything, you know the number. You call me. Uh, Raph and I will drop anything to come help you train for that fight. So oh, just yeah, let man. us know. We will offer. Uh, we don't advise it. No, because... not at all. No, <laughs> we will offer our combined better, but... knowledge of absolutely nothing. <laughs> Especially with uh, the uh, getting punched. But I it's would like, be more uh, than happy. Uh, to allow Kevin to be your test dummy for anything you want to try, and I will <laughs> yell uh, motivational slogans at you the entire time. At me or at him? Uh, mostly him, it's but both? to make you okay. feel better about how he's breaking your arm and beating the will to live out of you, I, I, I would throw a few your way. Cool. Here's what I'll say, Carlos. I don't think there are two better guys... At the end of the day, when you're trying to unwind and kind of move past and just have some dinner, uh, we're going to be high-level entertainment in those moments. Probably way better than your average training partner. So, you know, sit down and watch some ESPN with us. I'm just saying it's not all about what happens in the cage. Sometimes you got to bring in morale guys. you got to bring in glue guys. And that's what we bring to the table, Raph. Verbal tap so in true. Carlos Condit's living room. Hey, His Carlos, wife will be very pleased. Sometimes... Don't you just want someone to ask you about your day? That could be us. And that moves us on to our final topic of the evening. RAF MMA is breaking through ESPN, and they've got a pound-for-pound power rankings. No surprise. Anderson Silva is number one. John Jones is two. GSP is three. Here's my question. They have Jose Aldo. They have Dominic Cruz. They have... Frankie Edgar, Demetrius Johnson, do any of those guys belong on a top 10 pound-for-pound fighter list? Some, but it's it's a little questionable how they made the second half of that list. Yeah, Jose Aldo coming in at four. You are not going to take Benson Henderson over Jose Aldo? Because I am. I definitely want Henderson, who's number six. Uh, And I think I'd rather have Junior Dos Santos, who's number eight, than... Uh, I even think Junior Dos Santos, when you're talking pound for pound, he, he's going to be tough because this is almost like absolute division, right? We're yeah. saying who are the best ten fighters out there who would win the, the fights. Yeah. I think Silva's one, Jones is two, but you're, if Georgia St. Pierre was fighting Junior Dos Santos, who are you going to take? I'm, I mean, I, I'm a JDS fan, man. Yeah. Uh, I am, and I'm excited to see him and Kane fight again. 
Me too. I'm really looking forward to I that. Think but that. I think that was Junior the best. Santos is a dangerous man. Definitely. No, no, no. More than definitely. I think the hardest part about this is I always think in terms of the fighters, like, do they get, like, an Academy Awards call that says, hey, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. Congratulations. You're number seven. Or if you're JDS, do you get a call and it's just like, hey, man, bad news. Um, Good news, bad news. Uh, you're on the list. Definitely on the list. Definitely on the list. But. Because um, he's going to be like, uh, where am I? <laughs> That's the first thing. He always wakes up every morning. He is like, where, where am I? How did I end up here? And they're like, you're in What's a bed. What's ESPN doing? <laughs> uh, but then Everything's they okay. break it to him. Oh, so gently that he is getting beat and destroyed by other fighters who don't deserve it. Including Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo. I thought it was great to see Dominic Cruz, though, make it on the list. Especially, you know, maybe that's great uh, motivation for him as he's getting rehabbed. Yeah, that's another question I have. Is he the fifth best pound-for-pound fighter if he's not fighting right now because he's injured? Probably not. That's a great place to be because how does someone argue that you've lost it yeah, if you, somebody's him. already put you at five it's not like you're going to be fighting and it's not like you're going to go up and down it's going to mean that somebody else does a great fight that then puts them ahead yeah well i'm excited to see how these these rankings develop though because they have them by weight class and once you go into the weight classes they're pretty spot on which uh, i appreciate thank you espn for already getting us a more organized ranking list so we can kind of see where these guys fall. Spoiler alert, Chael Sonnen's nowhere on the light heavyweight rankings, and he's certainly not number two. So I think these types of lists are going to help yield better fight results in You the know future. what we should do? What we should do is we should totally create a ranking of who are the best trash talkers. Pound for pound yeah. best trash talkers. Silva's up there, isn't he? Uh, depends on, I would put Silva's, <laughs> Anderson Silva's, uh, do they get translators in this list? Probably, but as you've pointed out on previous shows, translators uh, get the benefit of the doubt on not necessarily translating what it sounds like the fighters saying. saying. Most definitely. So, there's some margin of error. I like that. We'll start working on that. Top five lists, uh, not just pound for pound, maybe pound for pound trash talker, pound for pound scariest tattoos. Yep. Uh, top five nicknames. I like where this is headed. Raph, thank you for your time. Thank you for the unbelievable research you did. You put almost 25 minutes of strong article research in this week, which I think is a personal best for our preparation in the show. And I can guarantee uh, you it'll never happen again. Absolutely. That's what makes you great. Verbal Tapcast on Twitter. Verbal Tapcast. Please go out there on ESPN, excuse me, iTunes, and download and give us some stars. We are, uh, we like the, we like the feedback we've been getting. Yeah. We like the Twitter friends. We enjoy the company. Yep. Twitter friends. Uh, We also will probably be uh, dropping in a little bit in and out on Twitter to say some comments maybe on the fight this weekend. So catch us on there as well. Hells yeah. Tell us how bad uh, we are at picking a, fights, all that good stuff. I'll give a big Twitter preview. I'm definitely going to be talking about some of the Roy Nelsonisms uh, as I uh, watch the fights, just because he's my favorite <laughs> when it comes to just people I like watching mostly. Yeah. Just like, what's going to happen next? I don't know. So I'm there. BJJ and MMA Academy out in Chantilly, where I train. 
thank you guys for downloading and listening. Raf, uh, you want to thank some Swedish listeners? Yeah, yeah, Studio MMA. These guys, God, could not be better, giving us great feedback, including the wonderful Marcus Kowal, uh, who told us that we need to have more action in, in our uh, podcasts. So we are now looking into ways where I can uh, potentially uh, fight Kevin via the Definitely. internet. Um, yeah, we also might do real realistic pranks like uh, light chairs on fire, whatever we need to do to get the blood pumping, you know, <laughs> uh, spontaneous actions. No, we completely agree. We're trying to speed things up, get them done faster, get them out there. I really like Studio MMA also, by the way. I, I enjoy the website. I enjoy the I enjoy the different stuff you guys are putting out. Um, even occasionally the work you do, but just Thank occasionally. You. Hey, I only work verbal. occasionally, so boom, <laughs> joke's on you. With Raph and Kevin, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Good fight. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's almost funnier. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm, I, I say it, so I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs>